Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yeah, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. This episode is brought to you by Columbia Sportswear. It's snowing again, and that wind chill is killer. But you're not worried about that because you shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection. It's warmth perfected with tiny gold dots that reflect your body heat inside and protect you from the cold outside. No snow or chilly temps can stop you now. Go out anyway. Shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection now at Columbia.com slash infinity. The grade cricketer is a Twitter stream. It's about playing crickets at, at the, the grade, grade level. level. Boys, get a few today, did you? To be honest with you, I um, hate grade cricket. <laughs> uh, I went into to play for a team called... Um, the Obviously, sharing's always a big issue, a big issue for, for young kids coming into a senior cricket team. It's like a with league. Um, a bit of advice. Yeah. I refer to the great cricketer here and I'll say, this will do a little bit early. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the great cricketer on today's show. England are back in it. Oh, they're right back in it. Are they the best team we've ever seen? I don't know. They might be. Is Joe Root the best player we've ever seen? I don't know. He might be. Ollie Robinson, the new Josh Hazelwood? Another questions are coming up. Australia moving around some fixtures for the women's summer ahead. No more test matches at the Wacker. It's all been played at the Metricon Stadium, the famous Metricon Stadium. West Indies, Pakistan, Shaheen Afrini does some stuff. The Caribbean Premier League is on. Oh, and we're right across it. This episode is brought to you by Budgie Smuggler. Use the code CHAMP for free custom design. That's all before we get into hashtag AskTDC, where one email comes in titled Normal Brother Stuff. Hmm. My name is Ian Higgins. Sam Perry sits across from me, and I, him, Pezzy Lad. I also want to say that Barney Ronne is on the show, and there's about nine other irons in the fire, and hey, sometimes it goes down to the wire. Will we speak to someone? I don't know, but I'm excited to see what happens. How are you? I'm well. I feel like this could be the week where, what do you do? Do you pull an iron out of the fire? Like once it's, I don't really understand how no, to no, extend no. So that. No, no, no. An iron in you're, the fire. Because you're saying you're saying the streak might end. But if yeah. you've got irons in the fire and yeah. then one comes off, then you take the iron out of the fire. Out of the fire. And then you've got the iron. Iron. Yes. Yeah. So you're saying the irons could I all be left I've in the fire. I've got a feeling this. <laughs> Some melted irons. There could be a lot of irons in fires that just <laughs> remain there. I don't know. Yeah, make yeah, some s'mores this week. What's that, a s'more? That's a marshmallow situation. Yeah, okay. That's that's putting some fire in marshmallows as well. Got okay. a lot of toasted marshmallow. Mm-hmm. That was in Sandlot Kids. Okay. Well, sometimes I saw that movie called The Sandlot. That was my first experience of movies being called different things. Is this like how Lynx is called forever in the UK? Is it? Yeah, that freaks you out. Yeah, like, so Lynx Africa yeah. is actually Axe. Coming down to Melbourne from Sydney and Woolworths, it's called Safeway. What the fuck? <laughs> no, it's not. Or you com- companies that you thought were Australian companies and you see them, they're actually massive conglomerates overseas. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's oh, a world outside my own. I saw a tweet yesterday, wait, the story gets better. And they were saying, uh, let us know how old you are by, with an image. And there's like an old photo of a Woolworths in the UK. And it's like, so obviously that doesn't exist anymore in the UK. <laughs> it's fucking, I can see nine from where I'm sitting right now. I can see nine Woolworths. It's actually an issue. That's an issue. <laughs> 
spoiled for choice. The <laughs> <laughs> political parties, Coles are And I like to rank them as well, as as our fair Don Bradman has. He's <laughs> Dan Bredig, friend of the show, has posted an image where he has uh, discovered something where Bradman has been ranking hotels when he travelled overseas. He's been ranking hotels. You want to, you want to shed some more light in this situation? Well, friend of the show, Dan Bredig, posted this. Uh, he called it Bradman's Power Rankings, and he's right mm-hmm. to call it that. And mm-hmm. uh, I've got it, I've got the snapshot in front of me here. Uh, this is Bradman, and you've got to imagine it's kind of typewriter face uh, on on a page, and he's written, I briefly submit my views on the hotels during the last tour and again urge that this matter be taken up now. <laughs> with the board's liaison officer and not left until, say, a year before the tour starts. <laughs> and uh, Bit going on here, Don. he goes through what looks to be 40-odd hotels across various places in the UK. He firstly names the uh, the area that they're located in and then the name of the hotel. Right. So, yeah, London, Worcester, Leicester, Bradford, Cambridge, and then, you know, Piccadilly, Star, Grand, Midland. And then on the, on the far right, mm-hmm. all laid up. Very evenly. I'm sure is uh, is a comment, and <laughs> the comments are categorized. So there's he doesn't he doesn't leave much room for, uh, sort of flourish. Right. Okay. There's only three or four very few say. So bad, <laughs> get another, or good, or fair, yeah, or good, but try outside. Okay. Or fair, try outside, and then another one was good, but prefer Harrogate. Try outside, it turns out, means like try somewhere else in the area. Oh, I, I see. Outside the area. He had, he had the same notes for Bill Ponsford. <laughs> <laughs> try it outside off stuff. I know. The two things that stick out are firstly like, you know, he's going to be upset if the liaison officer tries to book the hotels a year out. <laughs> that's leaving it way too late. But that's just, that says more about our 21st century well, expectation. He wasn't, he wasn't on lastminute.com, was he? Yeah. And, uh, but the second one is, yeah, just the, um, I guess is the the ruthlessness and the zeal mm. with which the skipper of the side yeah. prosecutes every element of the tour. Now Australian cricket's going through something at the moment, a, a, a if you will, a conversation about the role of the coach, the role of the captain. Right. You know, how's it? How we've been allowed to get into this footy coach situation, yeah, yeah. getting barked orders mm. from the coach? What does Lee Matthews a, think? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Everyone's in a circle, getting around the coach. Coach is now doing a three sixty eyeballing everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's allowed to take their eyes off him. <laughs> That's the Australia. Look at the Amazon Test Doco picture. That's pretty much it. Yeah. In the Bradman era, mm-hmm. an era I felt very safe in. Oh, the safest. After the war. Pre, yeah. <laughs> when he retired. Yeah. The captain sorted this out. You know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Tim Payne publish the equivalent. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Going Tra- through the various hotels. Travago Payne. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, something to think about for Australian it's something cricket. To think about. It's also really surprising that a guy who grew up with, as a kid hitting a golf ball with a stump against a water cooler <laughs> would then evolve into this later part of his life. Literally with the five comments he had for his shots. <laughs> Bad. Fair. <laughs> loud. 17, 18, 19, 20. No, 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 no. Hey, hell Mate, of a stick. Hey, feel hell of a stick. Fucking hell of a stick. Do you feel safe? Oh, the safest. The safest. What makes you feel safer? Bradman? So going to the Brabham Museum as a child and seeing that oh, stump and oh, golf ball or right. Ricky Ponting's hairy forearms? Oh, sorry, Ricky. <laughs> Mum and Dad taking that's me safe. to Barrel to the Bradman oh, Museum. Fuck yeah. I'm so proud that Bradman's from Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm really proud. Do you want to explain what that is for the overseas listeners? Bradman what, be what saying, Bradman is. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> what, what being proud is. Nothing because he's a proud boy, which is a separate no, thing. I just, uh, I just. No, the Bradman Museum. Oh, the Bradman Museum. Yeah, right. what's the Bradman Museum? Well, uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> it's a group it? of hotels. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Bradman fun. was born in. Brad, Brad, well, he's actually born in Cootamundra, but he grew up. Is he? He's Cootamundra boy. Yeah, he's Cootamundra boy. Ah, uh, Cootamundra boy. Uh, New That's South, New South Wales. Grew up, grew right. up in uh, in Barrel, right. and there's a museum, um, you know, named after him. There's also a, a wonderful, picturesque ground there as well. He was a Bowerl, a boy from Barrel. Do you remember? Um, do you remember? Was it last year or the year before? A couple of summers ago, maybe, where they were talking about his his boyhood pitch. Yeah, where it was going to be dug up. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what's going to be on there? Hotels. Absolutely. What are the margins on that? Hey, um, now before we get into England India third test <clears throat> and all sorts of shit going on there, yeah. um, just want to say at the top here, thank you so much for those who uh, join us on our live stream for day one, session one of that third test match there at Headingley on uh, on the YouTube. So uh, thanks for getting around that. We're going to do that again, uh, day one, session one on for the fourth test, which is at the Oval, mm. um, which is going to be on Thursday. Can you hear the uh, Indian audience? Bellowing for yeah. us not to do that. Don't do that anymore because yeah. we jinx them. Yeah, I watched it again the other night. We're just parts of it, and we're just talking about how <laughs> England are going to get fucking smashed, <laughs> and India are going to score six hundred. Didn't turn out that way. Uh, two minutes later, we're playing Curb Your Enthusiasm music because <laughs> India <laughs> fall three for nothing. Yeah, Kyle, you won the toss mm. and that a stick. Um, all right, of course, we're doing the daily videos um, on YouTube as well for the England-India series, and you can get the audio for that exclusively at patreon.com forward slash cricketer, as well as 55 episodes of Hashtag RCGC Fridays. Pez, you want to say something? Just on the live stream, big thanks to Ed Cowan and Steve O'Keefe right. for joining us on those live streams. Yeah. Um, both of them gave stellar efforts in, the, in their own style and their own way, and yeah. um, Steve in particular, who turned up with his baggy green on, yeah. uh, and batting gloves. Yeah. Uh, and, and his, his manly, and manly playing his shirt. His manly playing shirt, yeah. and comments about Sam Curran and what grade he'd play <laughs> in Manly, uh, yeah. at Man- if, he, if he was at Manly, which is a strong club, yeah. to be fair. Yeah, uh, if you have any requests for people you'd like to see join that live stream, please let us know. Probably won't be able to deliver on it in any way. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, please let us Can know. Can get MS Dhoni? <laughs> All we can do is ask. Well, yeah, we can, yeah, can you get Coley or Harsha Bogle? <laughs> yeah. Harsha will be busy. Okay, so that is on Thursday. Uh, all right, England in your third test at Headingley. England win that by an innings and 76 runs. Pez, we were previewing it. We were talking about it beforehand. And we were just thinking all the fo- the formula was there, all the ingredients were there for India to uh, like take this series away from England. There was uh, And more than just the series. Oh, they were going to that, but ownership the of long cricket. Run. Yeah, yeah. Well, they sort of already have done that. IPL cover that little window there. And sort of game we, cricket. A when bit. we went to the UK two years ago, mm-hmm. people said to us, you know, just be careful before you get up north. You know, it gets <laughs> dangerous did. when you get up north. Yeah. And you know what? They yeah. they weren't right then, but no. they're right now. No, I think the Le- remember we did that lead show with Breslin. Yeah. One of my favourite of shows. Yeah. Small Every, little room. That everyone was, was just friendly and everyone lovely. Everyone was super friendly, really lovely. Oh, be careful of the north. I almost got stabbed, but that was yeah. a separate issue. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Have you met my mate Stanley? <laughs> met my mate Stanley? <laughs> Fuck, so many in-jokes. All right. Um, okay, so India will bowl that for 78. Mm. Um, a masterful display of bowling from England. Also highlighting how fucking hard it is to bat in England. Or just so. away from home generally. Yeah. Um, even Rohit Sharma, who we've seen just obliterate attacks, especially in India. Uh, but obviously he's white. Day. He, I mean, he, in 2019, during that World Cup, he hit 500s. Yeah. 500s in a World Cup. So he can bat in England against the white ball. 
Um, and even he was going, what did he score? Like 15 or about 180 balls or something? Five. And then he pulled one to Jimmy Anderson at mid-on. Mm. So tough going. But um, but it just seemed a little bit like, I mean, we were talking after the day's play, it just felt a little bit like India had bought into the hype of themselves. And they were just, it was a little bit gung-ho. Even like K.O. Rahul, who scored a masterful century at Lords, he scored runs in the first test match as well. Um, driving Jimmy Anderson first first over, nicked off. That was like a bit of a, a signifier. It was like, no, we're, we're ready to push on here and score runs quite quickly. And it just never happened. All that 78. That's their fourth lowest total ever in test cricket. Their number one lowest total ever was a year ago in Adelaide, the 36. It's surprising for such a strong team. And, and yet, mate, how often do you see that whatever came before doesn't really have any bearing on what comes next? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, England five days ago were third grade. Yeah. And now they've brought a couple of players into the series. Hamid and Burns have 60s. Milan has a 70. Ollie Robinson's now Josh Hazelwood to support Jimmy Anderson. Mm-hmm. Works is coming back into the side. You know, even even Bears. I feel safe with Bears, though, somehow. I always feel safe with Bears. Yeah. Though. And so it just go. we're very fickle in the way we describe, like, the fortunes of various teams. Mm. Fucking two weeks ago, India had stolen all of cricket, and they had stolen yeah. <laughs> from other countries that themselves <laughs> stole things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone's stealing stuff. It's a big game. Okay? Yeah. And now England, you know, now Joe Root's being talked about as a great captain. Yeah. Right? He nearly lost it a week ago. Yeah. All it, all it means is that, uh, what you know, it, it, nothing, it means nothing they going had, into the next game. They hadn't had any wins in seven. Is that right? Yeah, seven winless, seven, seven winless, winless tests. Looking row. pretty good now. Joe Root, most winning captain ever in yeah. English history. Mm. Tell you what, so we get into Joe Root now because then obviously then England go out to bat and they score four hundred and thirty-two. Joe Root gets another hundred. He's the breeziest of all. Sixth, sixth hundred this year. That was very much. A, you know how how hard some people struggle for hundreds. You know, like even in Test cricket, it's just a, it's a real. I, I think about you know Mark Taylor at ninety-seven. Mm-hmm. Do you? <laughs> More than I care to admit, but yeah. I, now I have. What's Mark Taylor in '97? Explain. He hadn't that. scored runs for seven thousand years, okay. and then he just absolutely like nudged and and like bunted and yeah. edged his way. Somehow scrunted his way to a hundred. What uh, was the year when he hit three thirty four, which was disrespectful of Bradman? The oh, following no, no, year. No, that no, that was actually respectful because he he actually declared. That's right. Yeah. When Warner you know, tried to absolutely smash one past EJ as I'm in the last ball. <laughs> when Warner got 335, yeah. disrespectful. Very disrespectful. Disrespectful. And yet Root's 121 was like, it was like a, a fait accompli. Oh, yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll just breeze his way to that. And uh, there seems, yeah. there's some clips that are going around at the moment about every scoring shot. Right. And it is, it is. I, I really encourage people just to, I don't know how you find it on the, you just search terms on the internet. Everyone mm-hmm. talks in search terms anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, it's unbelievable how many different shots he has and how he scores his runs. Yeah, he, it was three sixty all around the ground. The way, and the way he starts it, the and then the way he opens up. Yeah, the way he can go back into his shell. Mm. He's he's truly he's having the the golden summer of his career. And people, I'm very happy for him that he's that that's happening because he's uh he's threatened to for a really long time. Yeah, that's a it's it's not really a match winning hundred, but he's just doing it off his dick. It's, it it isn't it isn't. I suppose it, in the context of the series and actually the Sri Lanka series and the India away series that England had where no one was going with him, other, there's three other guys who have gone with him, 
Burns, Hamid and um, Milan. AC Milan got, got to runs as well. So they've gone with him and then they've put a score of 432. This has been England's problem for years. We're like their first mm. inning scores are about between 200 and 250. Just not enough to win games of cricket. They get 432. Obviously helps when you bowl the opposition out for 78. But then to win the game by an innings. But even if India had scored... 300 themselves. If England score 432, they're already ahead of the game. But this is this is a thing with with um, with Root at the moment. He's 600 this year. It's the first time anyone else has even gone close with him. I think Milan was next top score was 70, right? But 600s in a year. You think about how many like just amateur cricketers. Mm, like if you score, I do. you score one. <laughs> you're too you're too busy thinking about Mark Taylor in '97. Mm. If you think about scoring like how hard is to score like 100 in your life, it'd be. Well, I think we've asked this before. What's the ratio of cricketers who have ever played that have scored hundreds? That five five percent or less. Five percent or less. I There'd be a less than sign and five percent. Yeah. I know it's a, he's a professional cricketer, but he's also playing in a good standard. Like Test cricket's pretty good. Yeah, he's got six in a year against probably the number one Test team after New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. Um. Of, the, of those who play test cricket. Of those who play. Enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of the three teams. It is um and he's it's cliche to say he's batting on a different wicket, but like he's like he's playing one day cricket. Like he in this mm. innings, his first twenty runs came off like fifteen balls and he was just late cutting for mm. fun. Siraj Boomer, late cut through sort of like fifth slip, backward yeah. point, gully region, just running for the face like he does when he's playing white ball cricket. I mean, on a wicket that the day before the team had bowled up for seventy eight. Mm. It's um, it's it's. I think it's good for Australia in that um, he surely can't score more hundreds this year. <laughs> Have you ever played against anybody at grade level mm. who was like, who scored a hundred mm. against your team, mm. and you could tell immediately that they were too good for the level and were going to. Yeah. Like there's yeah. that feeling of a player coming out and it doesn't really matter what the context of the game is. Mm-hmm. They immediately set about implementing whatever plan they've worked on or that they know about. And I they just go, think you can tell before they're on like 10. Yeah. They're usually batting between three, they're usually batting three or four. And like the first, like the first four defense is like, yeah. you're too good. Yeah. You're too good for this grade. Even if it's like steered into a gap and there's a single, like, okay, and then they just wait. Leave, it doesn't leave. need to be like a fucking powerful pull shot or yeah. a blistering cover drive. It's yeah. just the way the bat moves and yep. like the even the, the, f- the forward defense even seems to rocket the mid off mm. or mid on. There's something about it in the air. Where it's like, oh, you are impenetrable. You cannot be penetrated. Mm. You cannot be penetrated. So, uh, they're in complete control. That's that's root at the moment. Yeah. Uh, curious as to like how India goes about knocking him over. We were talking on. On during the week, during the dailies, that he scored six hundred down this year. It is six, isn't it? I don't know. I think it's six. Don't know. I think four. Only four other guys have scored seven. Yeah. Viv Richards, Aravinder the Silver, yeah. Ponting, and Tendulkar. They're the only four other guys who have hit seven in a year. Right. And then the number one is um, Yusuf Yuhano, who hit nine. Mm. Uh, he hit nine in a year and seventeen hundred runs in a year. How the fuck did he hit? He only Man, had eleven tests that year as well. I'll tell Johanna, you what, nine hundreds in eleven. Root's tests. probably scoring all the fucking hundreds that he missed out on yeah. the last couple of years. And I don't that's, say that yeah. to like I don't say that as a sledge to him, but well, you know, all the good players they live for compensation runs. Said that for a very long time, Hussey. as you know, it is. It's, it's there's some form of compensation going on with great players. They're mm. essentially making up for things that they didn't achieve earlier. Joe mm. Root has about eight hundred and fifty fifties to his name. Yeah. Uh, the conversion rate is horrendous, horrendous, and now he's going about reconciling that. And all power to him. He's got, I think it's 50 50s and 23 test hundreds. Yeah. Coley has. Hell, fucking. Coley has. A fucking swamp thing here across me. 
mean? Sir Swamp Thing, one of the great statisticians. Oh, man. Fucking, you are fucking, Swamp ru- thing. fucking Rubik's cubing this. He's got seven hundreds. Uh, who's dot seven? Aravinda de Silva. Well, mate, I what like do you want me to do? I can't fucking go outside. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fucking ones and zeros falling in front of your eyes at the moment. Yeah. What'd you do there? He goes, well, Joe Root through the offside. Mate, Brabham was right. Mate, Brabham had it spot on with hotels. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, yeah, Coley's got 2,600s and 2,650s oh or something God. like that. Something like that. I, no, I just noticed that because the ratio, Jared's yeah. ratio is is, um, <clears throat> is is bad. Very skewed to 50s. It's very skewed, yeah. Whereas Coley's has, I think Coley, up until this test match, had more 150s. Yeah. And so with but all now that Coley mind, cannot score any runs. And so what's your prediction for the Asher's result now? 5-0. <laughs> I said to you before, Bez, that um, we've only got halfway through this game, but it, did, it does feel like, and this isn't England's problem, it's not India's problem, it's not Australia's problem. This is actually New Zealand. This is why New Zealand is such a good team. Um, how hard it is to win away from home. Like, I, I look at England's, the reason England won this game, sensational batting from one guy, chipping from other guys, and just wonderful, masterful, skilled, precise attacking bowling from England won't mean shit in Australia because they're using a fucking kookaburra on drop-in pitches, and it doesn't work. Like I, like, I know for a fact that Chris Wokes is going to come into this fourth test match. I know this guy, has been, I've been speaking to a bookie. Um, <laughs> and, um, he is such an important part of England, in England, because he bowls fucking stump to stump. He nibbles it, he wobbles it, and he's a decent lower order stick as well. Him bowling at a kookaburra in the MCG, is there any point of him going? It, it, like he's a great test match player in England. It, the, it's just their skills are so nullified in Australia that like anything you see happening here in England, it's like, well, this is interesting now because now they're nipping blokes off. Okay. They got, they got one chance. Adelaide under lights. 5-0, fuck off. <laughs> <coughs> is there Sorry. any point even taking Wokes to Australia? He <laughs> hasn't even... <laughs> Even come into the England side yet? Hey, mate, he's so good in England. Don't even fucking bother, mate. There's getting on the plane. Eleven thousand stranded Aussies overseas. <laughs> listen to this. Unless you play, unless you bowl one hundred and forty-five, heat. Fuck off. Do you think I'm wrong? Uh I see. I see your point. I just think that cricket is oh, cricket. You fucking fence sitting weak. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think there's a bit going on in the in the Aussie side at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. I think the best the yeah. best argument for Chris Wokes yeah. is the Australian team yeah. at the moment. Mate, I reckon I reckon uh I reckon Bukowski's one low score away from being replaced by Justin Langer up in the batting. <laughs> I was gonna say he couldn't be replaced, he didn't get a contract. Yeah. Warner yeah. and Langer gab a test match. That's that's what I want to see. But why hang on, but why do I feel good about that? Mate, what, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, I was just thinking. Do you remember that bushfire game they played? Yeah. Where it was like Langer hey, and Hayden. Hey. Open, pointing at three. It was all, like, fuck hey, it, I'm all in with this. around, Langer yeah. and Hayden. <laughs> Lara at four yeah. or some shit. That's right. Fuck yeah. You know when like he he, he lost that bet to Mitch Marsh uh, yeah, in the Windies yeah. or Bangladesh, Windies, Langer, Windies, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he was in the full uh, one-day yeah. kit. Now, yeah. Langer didn't obviously play a lot, but if any, he might have played one or two one-dayers, but not many at all. Even when he was younger. Still felt yeah. safe. Yeah, felt I good. still felt very safe. Yeah. Seeing him in full kit. That's yeah. where I like my Langer. Yeah. That's where I like him. Anyway, he's talked to some AFL guys and everything's <laughs> changed now, <laughs> apparently. So it's all good. He's The, the headline was there in the West Australian. Langer hits back. Who are you hitting back at? <laughs> why Why is – I mean, they're not his words, but, you know, why was he hitting back? Um, 
Okay, so then... So, yeah, we're talking about the England game. We're talking about the England game. And then India got bowled out for 278. They were, at the beginning of day four, 215 for 239 runs behind. People are thinking, like, mm, something could be on the cards here. <clears throat> Ollie Robinson, the new big thing. St. George and Sydney Tigers' finest. Great cricketer. Uh, took five for his second five in four test matches, 23 wickets at 17 or some shit. Um, just more just more numbers yeah. for people. Um, <laughs> well, that's the last time I do any research here. No, please, go um, on. Nah, shut the fuck up. Um, fuck. Mate, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's a good – I mean, the overall thing about this game is that England have played so well. Mm. And I think, like, how many players they're missing? They're missing, like, six front-line first teams. Most of them are bowlers. Their batting still struggles a little bit. They've – Brought in some, uh, well, there's momentum shift here with their batters with Haseeba Mead scoring runs, Rory Burns getting another 50, and then Dawid Milan 70, first time in Test cricket in four years. This team all of a sudden is like a much better matchup with India, it just feels like, especially with like sorting the batting out a little bit. But, yeah. but India could win the next game by innings. And they, they would, I would have thought before this series, the Oval's their best chance because it's the flattest and they've got better batters. Yeah. India've got better batters. Yeah. I reckon when you get rolled for 78, it's like the rest of the game is a bit of a, okay, let's just wait and, until yeah. they lose and see yeah. how they lose. And yeah, yeah. Pajara scored some runs with Coley and, and Rohit for a bit. And he yeah. thought, well, I won't rule anything out with India. Yeah. But uh, ultimately, it was just we were just watching the clock, mm. you know, getting ready to do some ferret legging. Exactly. Ferret legging. <laughs> um, exactly. So we're going to be previewing uh, the fourth test match. Uh, on Patreon and YouTube uh, later in the week. So that's more to come as well. But, um, but Pez, it's always nice to get some batting advice from the pros. Indeed. Uh, people may have seen this online and, uh, you know, I'd imagine Virat Kohli would be a man in demand, you know. We don't make any requests to speak to him because it's like, what's the point, you know? The guy has 146 million Instagram followers. I reckon he's just – he'd probably run a pretty tight ship there around to – he lets in and, and who he doesn't, but he obviously... Oh, we've got a blue tick, so you see the message request. That's in. a good point. Yeah. A lot of people see that <laughs> message request from us, especially this week. Oh, the grade cricketer. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'd love to come on, boys. Yeah. Don't know who you are, but... Uh, but he obviously had some media obligations after the game. Yes. And uh, and there's 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 consternation in India about this loss, you know? that I'd Indian... Cricket has been going very well, especially at the test level. Yeah. And especially against a third grade England attack, at England the side. Level. The yeah. grade level. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I guess in the way, I'm going to play this um, mm. this audio, but uh, this is what he was met with. He was met with a, a, a journo, uh, and I'll, I'll read out the transcript afterwards, but uh, a journo was essentially trying to um, uh, give him some advice. So uh, the audio is just about to cut in here. Play back uh, on the back foot That's to a ball, which is supposed to be played on of the front. Of course, England have been bowling full and on the patch, but when there's an opportunity to go back, India seems to be uh, sort of missing out on a lot of runs. Okay. <laughs> so, so that comment from the journal after to interrupt Virat Kohli. Virat Kohli discussing run scoring yeah. uh, for India. The co- the the comment was. Of course, England have been bowling full and on the pads, but when there's an opportunity to go back, India uh, seems to be missing out on a lot of runs. Yeah. It's just the journo there just saying, like, listen, your back foot play, we're yeah. just not really capitalising on opportunities <laughs> there. Just as, a, just as a comment to Virat, yeah. who's just lost a test by an innings. Yeah. I mean, unless that was fucking Ravi Shastri reporting for the Times of India or whatever, fucking cool your jets. Mate, did hey, you- It's just a classic catch test with these blokes. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, okay. You watch a bit of cricket, fair. Can you play a cut shot? <laughs> and watching that final day where India lost eight for 63, and the ball's just, you know, they're yeah, just yeah, doing yeah. the nibble, corners, the, nibble yeah. the nip. It's just like, oh, it hits the area, you're cooked. Yeah. The only guy I've ever seen score runs is Steve Smith. There. Yeah. It was just one of those things, like, oh, I don't know. Every ball's got your name on it, mm. right? But you get some bloke, some guy, I don't know, he's probably some guy. <laughs> it was Sonny Gavaska. Yeah. No, <laughs> it wasn't Sonny. Yeah. Uh, just saying, like, you're actually not capitalising on your back foot opportunities. Yeah, yeah. I don't think yeah, there wasn't a lot that was short from England, but no, anyway, no, no, I didn't say much loose stuff. You just notice when when Coley says okay, like his voice drops three oh, octaves yeah. deeper. Fucking alpha move. Okay, yeah, yeah. it's but, like okay, okay. Now, where's a journal on that? Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean. What happens there? That was his last day on the job. Yeah, you wouldn't want to do that to Rahane for reasons we already discussed. Exactly. But, but Coley, mm. <laughs> okay. I thought I thought Coley actually handled that really well. Yeah, it, given that like he just shut it down and he was like okay. Yeah, I've heard your question, and and it wasn't a question. It was it was okay. yeah. It's like a Tony Jones Q and A. I'll take that as a comment. I would like slight seeing journos in press conferences been like, now if you can just get your head in line with the ball and your bat's <laughs> coming a little bit from gully and you miss the opportunities, like if that's the kind of coaching level I'd yeah. start to get in the uh, impresses. Yeah, uh, I like, like you, them. You lose by an innings and seventy six runs. It's like yeah, just not capitalizing on that back foot yeah. stuff. It's like mm, yeah. yeah, a bit more than that. Don't know. How, I don't. I watched almost all of that game. And I don't remember a single time where any were batting. It was like, yeah, he's missed out there. Exactly. <laughs> I do remember India getting rolled for seventy eight. Then uh, Rory Burns just hit, scoring off his hip oh, first yeah. ball. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, well, Ishan Sharma, yeah, he has played yeah. his last game in this series. Um, all right, we uh, are going to speak to Barney Rone um, later on this evening. So I hope that's like that. <laughs> so that lines up as well. <laughs> just one more thing on the collar thing. I'm Please. just got in front of me. Uh, in in. Comparison to his, uh, I guess his predecessor Sachin Tendulkar. This is from the Hindu, and a lot of guys sent this to us before. But Did they? Um, so a couple of years ago, Tendulkar tweeted a video where he was inquiring about the identity of a staffer at Chennai's Taj Coromandel Hotel, okay. who helped him during a test series. So, so this right. was a waiter at a hotel went up to Sachin, yeah, and said, uh, "So a waiter had come to Tendulkar's room to serve him coffee. <laughs> this would be good." And told. Tendilka about a change in his bat swing <laughs> when he batted with an elbow guard. And okay. so Tendilka, um, oh, so so this guy said to Tendilka, I noticed that whenever you wear an arm guard, your bat swing changes. Um, and then Tendilka said, he said he was a huge fan. He used to watch every ball rewinding the action five to seven times. Holy fuck. Try I imagine what Braden used to do? Yeah. I know a couple of journos that would probably do that too, actually. Um, <laughs> Tendilka, who who called out to netizens to help him find the way to added, I said, yes, you are the only person in the world who figured that out. You won't believe that I actually came back to my room from the ground and carried my elbow guard and redesigned it, the correct size, the right amount of padding, where the straps should be and all that. So sometimes it can pay to actually pick these things up now. Oh, mate, that... Mm. You know when you've got one thing in your head and you're like, is that... A lot of people thinking that, and then you get like all this feedback of like, you're doing fucking amazing. And you get one comment which like triggers that confirmation bias in your head, and you're like, see, I knew it. That's it. That must be what's going on. But also, what's the window that you've got with Sachin Tendulkar when you've got coffee? Yep. You come into his room, you've got maximum three seconds. Mate, you talk about shooting your shot. Shoot your shot. And Tendulkar's, and like, <laughs> you just. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of some examples that just are probably quite inappropriate. Yeah. But uh, you just, yeah. I wonder where in the, I mean, someone who's going to shoot their shot like that to Dendilka probably 
they probably think they're a chance of making a good now, point. I'm sure he's probably got that wrong more times than not. You reckon for the one that you hear, like it's like Jordan missing all the shots that he, uh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. took. Well, but I think like he probably served Dravid coffee before and drive time to get the fuck out of it. <laughs> Angry Dravid popped up for a second. He goes into every player's room and asks, yeah, and makes a comment. Yeah. yeah Jasper, you uh, kind of chuck it a bit. <laughs> Derek, you know, how surprised would you have been that like Tendilka's like, yes, yeah. you're the only person who picked that up. Like, you can dine out on that forever. Well, he must have done. Yeah. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. But surely like... And Tendulkar went back to the hotel to try and get his identity to say thanks. So do you reckon when Coley brings up 100 mm-hmm. in the next test off the back foot, mm-hmm. you reckon he's going to that journo? Saying, all right, exclusive. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I had not realised that I was missing out on back foot scoring opportunities <laughs> until you made that point directly England, after the match in England. In England. When the ball is... <laughs> when they're by pace. When NASA's been saying for the entire game, pitch it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just think about, um, like, how many times professional cricketers would get advice from people and you're like, yeah, okay, how many fucking tests do you play? Exactly. But then I also think about how in, <laughs> in the Amazon doco, the test, when Finch gets out LBW and Adelaide and the Lane comes down the dressing room and says, why the fuck didn't you review it? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, different advice for different strokes. All right, um, Barney Ronay is coming up and here he is right now. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Okay, to add a little bit of extra flavor uh, and a little bit of extra gravitas to this discussion about England, India, is the chief sports writer from The Guardian, Barney Ronne. Uh, Barney, welcome back to The Great Cricketer. Hi, uh, how are you both? Uh, there's absolutely no way I'm going to be able to live up to that, but I can probably offer some snidier sites. Yeah, well, you know, either or. Barney, um, England have just played the perfect match. And uh, which element, I want to ask you first, which element made you feel safest? Uh, Roots, imperiousness, Robinson's metronomy, the top three actually scoring runs, or, and I'll use his full name, Javo69. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was an incredible game. Um it, it kind of, there were things that were real, um, like Root's batting was was real. That was properly good. And, you know, he's just got that glow around him at the moment. And it's really interesting seeing him talking to the media at the moment. He really does seem a changed guy. I think being in the bubble has been good for him in a weird kind of way. We used to talk to him as members of the press and he felt really fake and staged. I remember having a totally absurd interview with him just before he came became captain. Uh, in India, actually, I was seeing there were various people around the table and someone asked him, have you thought about becoming captain? Yeah, he was obviously going to become captain. Have you got any plans? Have you, what's your philosophy going to be? And he said, uh, I've not, I've not thought about it at all. When that happens, if it happens, it will happen. I remember Jonathan Liu saying to him, well, hang on, I know you're going to be England captain. You're telling me you seriously haven't even thought about it. And there was this moment where it just, the whole thing just broke down. It was two people were talking the truth to each other. It didn't make any sense. But he now has got away from that. He seems very natural. He seems so happy with himself. And uh, yeah, his innings was real. Overton and Robinson 
batting together, uh, bowling together was, was, was properly good um, on English pitches. But the, the fact that India were bowled out for 70 odd and then there was resistance in the second innings, it makes me feel like this is one of those moments. It's 1995, we're playing Australia. You're 2-0 down, you've pulled it back by winning at one of your traditional strongholds. And suddenly people are saying, well, you know, Defratus, Defratus could be the, John Crawley looked good. But you know that at the <laughs> Oval, Shane Warne's going to take 17 wickets and you're going to lose 4-1. This isn't going to halt the march of India, who are clearly you know, a brilliant team. It's a, it's a bump along the road for that. But, you know, credit to the players who did well. And, you know, Robinson had a good test. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you, Barney, about, well, the main question on everyone's lips. But, Doug, this, this summer in general, it's, it's, it feels like it's about the ascension to the throne for India. It's also about New Zealand being the best test team. It's also about the 100. It's also about fans being back in stadiums. But who is going to be vice-captain in the fourth test match at the Oval for England? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, Josh Butler, um, you know, his, his wife is actually about to give birth, so he, he won't be playing, uh, which I guess is fair enough, um, I guess. Um, second group, you know, uh, keep having kids. You're not going to play many test matches, are you? But that seems to be the way it is now. I mean, Butler doesn't, Butler doesn't really want to play test that much. I mean, he wants to play. Obviously, everyone wants to play, but there have been quite a few occasions where he's not. There has been a question of whether whether we'll see him playing test cricket again. Um, there, is there any point? I mean, it's quite painful watching him. He's done okay, but it's not a natural. Um, doesn't want to go to the ashes if the quarantine rules stay in place. Maybe he doesn't want to play. Maybe it's time to say someone else come in and play, mm. um, which, you know, would be fine. Uh, but him and Stokes, since that summer of 2019, have actually done very little in cricket. The, 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 what should have been their sort of golden years They've done nothing. And Stokes scored a, a, that brilliant 100 against West Indies in a test match. Nobody nobody remembers. Nobody even knew it was happening at the time. It was like an extended net. And his, his time has been really messed up since then. It's been a really difficult period for him. Just today, the Sun newspaper has been forced to apologise and pay damages to him for a really awful story about his family, which uh, makes me feel incredibly angry because Ben Stokes isn't playing cricket right now. And this was obviously a very traumatic thing for his family. And totally unnecessary. They've had to apologise for it. And, you know, this, this genius of the game has had two prime years effectively ruined by a whole chain of really terrible um, events, some of which were avoidable. So, mm. yeah, um, <laughs> England, England, what happens in Australia, I don't know. Um, but but I, don't, I don't know if we'll see Butler again. Mm. Barney, so uh, England have won a game. The series is now poised, if you want to call it that, 1-1 with two games to play. And yet most of the conversation now seems to be about, well, can England do it in Australia? Why, why aren't we ever allowed to just enjoy home wins uh, or just a team being good at home in and of itself? Uh, and instead, why must the conversation turn to sort of unconquered uh challenges and, and in particular with Joe Root, I see he's become the winning most captain, which obviously happens when you just spend a long enough time in the job. And now there's a confected conversation about, yeah, but is he great yet? And so, and, and why, why do we do this? Yeah. The conversation around Root has gone from, should he actually be England captain to, is he now a great captain? Because they managed to uh, bowl India out in three hours because, you know, everybody had a kind of brain melt. It is really strange. He's also almost the losingest captain 
in England test history. Again, mm. just something that happens if you stay in the job for ages. Um, I mean, he's quite good for the moment because he is genuinely a really good bloke. Um, he's a good guy. Um, and so that's quite a good thing at the moment when everyone is close to completely flaking out. And the greatest challenge is being able to actually carry on and not saying, should we just stop doing this ridiculous sport? So you need someone who is nice. I mean, if you had Graham Gooch as captain right now, you know, this sort of hard nose, we've all got to jog around the outfield four times. You know, I, I don't know how things would be. You'd have people saying, I simply don't want to play anymore. You've, you've got this guy who everyone likes, genuinely, you know, um, and that's a good thing. I, I don't think tactically he's he's kind of super smart. I think that, I've, I see, I listen to you on and off um, when I'm rowing in my shed, and I think um, that you, there's a little bit of overconfidence about the Ashes. Um, I think you've had a look at Dom Sibley YouTube highlights. Uh, you've thought, yeah, we like the look of that. That looks okay. We, we're yeah. getting flashbacks here to... English openers and, and thought this this looks fine. This is this is in the bag. This is safe. Um, I'm not so sure it's that clear. I don't know how good are Australia. Australia any good at all? I mean, mm. it's uh, the the things with the batting can sort of shift quite quickly. You know, David Milan's actually quite a good player. I mean, I'd have had James Vince in there. I think James Vince is a pretty good player. Um, if we just made the simple decision to stop picking really weird fidgety guys who clearly have no future opening for England, uh, things can change quite quickly. Um, I've got a feeling it could be one of those one of those tours where things change a little bit. Um, but but obviously, I'm now focusing on the Ashes again. We're in the middle of a, an incredible series against them, which I think I think we really should be talking about. Mm. Five nil. Um, Barney, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I want to ask you a very simple question. I know you were away um, covering the Olympics for most part, and I know it's also been eight days since the 100 finished. Um, therefore, did it even happen? But um, was was the hundred good? Um, the hundred was good because a base level of cricket is always good. You know, the second eleven playing at Beckenham is good. Um, some people playing on the local park with a plastic bat is good. But it, it wasn't. It wasn't actually any good. I, I know people like to say it was good, but it was. It wasn't good. It was just like the blast, uh, except with an astonishingly awful broadcast setup where everybody just spoke as though the, what they were watching was the most incredible thing they'd ever seen in their life. <laughs> You've just been, everybody had this stunned look on their face watching Paul Sterling slogging sixes as though they'd just been hit on the head with a rock and it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to them. It was like a religious cult and I found that repulsive. But there were undeniably good things. It was really good for the women's game and it gives you a tournament to aim for and it means that uh, that's been professionalized and the standard will raise and those women have something to aim for every year that's really good you could have done that with the blast you didn't have to create fake teams based on crisp packets so that you could have a format you can try and sell to people which was the only reason it, it exists we had um four blast quarterfinals just afterwards which were better um, and the players actually cared about it um but maybe that will change in time at the end of the blast final the players just wandered off you never see players wandering off mixed in together players from all the different franchises uh, we've just lost well i'll just go and talk to you that doesn't happen in real sport it looked wrong everything about it was wrong uh imran tahir was talking to someone else on the other team who is actually his teammate from whatever county he plays for now and it just looked really really wrong the whole thing was kind of awful to be honest but they did put a lot of energy into it and and there will be good things about it the real problem with it is we now hear um so many sacrifices have been made for this thing to happen hasn't been a game of proper cricket in Kent for a month. People haven't been able to watch anything. Counties have been laying people off. 
And we now hear that Tom Harrison and his fellow executives are due a £2.1 million payout due to some long-term incentive plan agreed years ago. They sacked 62 people at the ECB in that period, made a huge loss. The game is weeping, it's crying. Clubs are up against the wall. And the chief executive, is, who is paid £500,000 a year for being head of cricket, I'll do that for free, um, is taking £2.1 million in bonuses. There's a lot of anger about that. I mean, it's, it's outrageous and disgusting. And I find it really hard to contain my rage. And I don't understand why people aren't marching on the offices of the ECB demanding this money not be taken. Uh, and I think it's an, the players are questioning it, I hear, uh, because they've had to put bonuses aside, take, make huge sacrifices. And it's horrific. And this is what happens when you have a sport, which is supposed to be about participation, joy, uh, spreading the game, to be run by marketing people, where the bottom line balance sheets become the only measure of what is good. So that really soured it for me. And I, I think there should be a lot more anger about it. I saw with that, Barney, that the sport uh, in the last couple of years has lost 100 million pounds in revenue overall uh, against the, the backdrop of that uh, um, that bonus scheme. Um, I mean, you know, this would have to be the sweetest pay of all. I mean, th- this is the executive equivalent of 100 in a losing side, isn't it? Uh, you know, like is this... Uh, is this snouts in the trough or, or do commoners, as I've heard, you know, need to better understand free markets and incentivizing executive talent? Executive talent. I mean, that, that's hilarious. Um, the sport is dying on its ass. Uh, frankly, they should resign, hang their heads in shame. Uh, no, it's disgusting. Uh, this is not the free market. This is the national summer sport. Uh, the, 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 this is a national body. It's not, it's not, it's not a bank. Um, they have a charter which is about spreading, making, making, making the game healthy in this country. Now, that's been taken to mean simply um, marketing campaigns, new products and balance sheets. But that's not what it is. If you walk through South London, there is no cricket. People don't know what the game is. It has disappeared. That's a failure. You should resign. You should not take £2.1 million in bonuses. It's disgusting. Um, they, they use uh, issues that people care about, such as the success of the 100 as, as, a, as a sort of platform for women's sport as um, a means to legitimise the real reason they're doing it. Um, they do the same thing with the problem we've got in the complete lack of diversity in cricket, which, frankly, if you really cared about, there's a lot of things you could do um, uh, to, to, to legitimise the, the kind of profit-making schemes, the walling up of cricket in this kind of very small part of the demand curve, which makes sense uh, for the coffers. Basically, I don't know who should run cricket, but it should be the only people I've ever met in sports administration who I'd trust. It should be run by sort of 10 deeply religious headmasters and headmistresses who don't care about money and just want people to do nice things. Fanatics um, uh, who, who, who uh, you know, the, the kind of freaks who run your local club and do it brilliantly for nothing. They should be running the national sport. And then these people should uh, get back to hedge funds and uh, selling things in the high street and ripping off customers. I think it's disgusting. And, and it's everything that's wrong with the game. And I'm sorry, the 100 doesn't mask that. Uh, can I just say um, kudos to the brilliant freaks who keep cricket alive across many countries. And thank you, Barney Rone, for that, uh, that turn and that impassioned uh, speech on um, the vagaries and the validity of the 100. He goes, you said you like the 100. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, but I'm I'm being paid by the hundred, so keep that in mind. <laughs> uh, Barney, thanks so much for joining us, mate. Uh, thanks. Thank you very much to Barney uh, for giving us the time. Or did he? Did that happen? Australia, Pez, uh, the women's series against India has been moved. They were going to play in three different locations in the summer. That's coming up in uh, the middle to end of September. I think it's September 21. Uh, it's been pushed back two days. They're going to play in North Sydney, North Sydney Oval. They're going to play at the Junction down here in Melbourne, and they're going to play that day-night test match at the Wacker in Perth. Uh, that's all been moved to Queensland now. That's obviously um, the entire series has been moved for because of COVID and borders being closed and all that kind of stuff, borders between states, because that's how it works here. So I think it's unfortunate because um, that pink ball test was going to be at the Wacker and cricket at the Wacker, I'm all in on that. Metricon Stadium, it's less for me. Less for it's me. It's less for me. Yeah. I um, think I th- it's it's the, okay. The most important thing is that the women are playing a test match. Yeah. They're playing a day-night test match. That's fucking awesome. Yep. Actually, the times actually work out better in Brisbane for the eastern states. <laughs> so maybe it's actually better. Yeah. I mean, listening to reports about this a week or two ago, there was real consternation about whether it would happen at all because yeah, right. Australia is still engaging in some serious quarantine um, measures and, and politicking between states around and stuff like that. And yep. uh, far better for us to like, you know, try and analyse that with um, – pithy comments that relate it to grade level. <laughs> Can you put it to me in grade terms? Can you put COVID to me in grade terms? That's all politicians do, don't they? They, they try and put life in grade terms. Yeah. Dumb it down. Mm. Um, Fuck these blokes. <laughs> yeah. Stop the boats. Um, stop the coats. <laughs> stop the coats. That would have been a good slogan. Stop the coats. Stop the coats. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So what, three, three ODIs a day, night test, and three T20Is. It's going to happen. Very glad that it's happening. Um I don't know. It, I, I think it's a harbinger for like all of the changes and alterations to the summer that we can now expect because Australia's in a weird period of flux now mm. around like changing our relationship to cases because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all about vaccinations and uh, and all that kind of gear. Except that a lot of these scheduling logistical decisions, you know, well, they needed to be made like last year. They've mm. been giving themselves a little bit of time, but they need to be made now. Mm. It's still a very, very closed, um, ambiguous environment in yeah. Australia. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, look at, you know, I mean, it, it's uh, bad form to relate women's cricket to men, but in terms of the scheduling for the summer, um there's, it's 100 days today until the Gabba test. Oh, right. And, like, the biggest question isn't who's going to be in the side. It's like, uh, will it be on and where will it be on? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, You've got England got English guys. There's They reckon there's up to 10 guys who are like, I'm yeah. not going to tour yeah. uh, in the current situation. There's well, a little bit of, should be one of them. Because <laughs> I, I can't get up the 140. <laughs> That's the bit people are missing. Like, so yeah. Kookaburra, don't bother Why don't you ask them why they're not touring? <laughs> Kookaburra, no good. Doesn't swing. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting the next couple of weeks to, to see what changes with the summer that you're starting to see some, you know. I mean, you know, we talked about this about a month ago and we're like, oh, this story's not going away. Is it around, you know, England guys coming, where stuff will be? Mm. Uh, we're like right on the cusp at the moment as a nation state <laughs> where, <laughs> where um, 
nation of the, six states. Yeah, the, the, the vaccination levels are still at about 34, 35%, something like that, as, as double vaccinated. So we're coming into the point where we're reaching, until we get to that 70, 80% where mm. things are going to open up to whatever degree that even looks mm. like. But until then, for instance, the Indian women are still having to do 14 days quarantine, which I think it would be very foreign to every other country except for New yeah. Zealand and Australia. Yep. So even that, like, in a psychology thing exactly. is, like, I was is, gonna a, say, is a confusing thing. can see how, like, England players would be like, you what know, the fuck, fuck yeah. me, like, I have to hard quarantine again. Like, mm. if you, if anyone has mates or family in the UK, like, you know, they're storming on with life now. Storming and I say on. that with no judgment. It's mm. just how, how it, it that's how the mentality seems to be. Mm. And uh, so, you know, the very idea of coming back into a hard quarantine yeah. Be like finishing a marathon and like being asked to sprint another two k's with a child strapped to your back, right. and you know, you know, you might have good VO two max, sure, uh, and your child mightn't carry on that much, no. but you have to have a very good VO two max to do it, yeah. and some people don't, you know, uh, okay. and mental strength, and so that's the uh, analogy that they're dealing with Mate, at the moment. Even the even the big bash players, even the Aussie players who have been all over the world and coming back here and thinking about during the the shield going to the big bash and they, they're going to have to do um they're doing hard bubbles again and they i know a lot of those guys we've spoken to me like fuck that yeah that, that's australian players you know so the uk players especially the english players who have now played 12 tests this year they've still got five to go this calendar year and that's there's two more after that so they're they playing 19 tests 17 right. tests this year whatever it is right. so they're playing so much test cricket world cup ipl they've fucking Flat out with cricket. Yeah. Um, and you know, Josh idea- Butler's not in the fourth test because he's on paternity leave yeah, ahead of the second kid. birth of second child. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's he's one person that's been um, spoken about as potentially missing the Ashes, you know, on, on that basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I saw it opined that perhaps he's played his last test. You know, for England, uh, uh, in that circumstance, I think that I think the main argument for England though is that they wanted to um, they want to bring their families out here. That's yeah. that's the thing, and at the moment they would not be allowed to do that. I mean, surely that's going to get fixed. Surely that's going to get sorted out. But complicated. <clears throat> it is complicated. A, lot of, a lot of Aussies overseas as well who can't come back. Eleven thousand. Australia's in massive flux at the moment. Like in, you know, who knows? By by um, December there could be another fucking variant. That's what oh. the New Yorker says. So whatever's exactly. happening now is not. What will be the case? It seems remarkable to me now. We're just talking about COVID, but it does seem remarkable now. The UK the other day had twenty five thousand cases, and in the I think today in Victoria there's 70, 70 mm. something like that, and we're locked down in England. Now that, that's just purely down the vaccination rate, and also relationship to cases, case numbers, etc. Um, but it seems remarkable to me that like th- like once the vaccination gets to like eighty percent, then like oh that's it, we're all good for COVID. I, just, I just can't I can't get that through my dumb brain where it's like no this is that's all over. Then we just get a jab and then we're all good to go. For, to me like this, it, it can't be it. Anyway, I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, um, thankfully, yeah. Uh, and I think you might have been about to raise this, but um, well, they've made Ian Botham the trade envoy, the trade envoy to Australia, yeah, um, to help promote British British business yeah. in this country. Um, yeah, trying to get him on the show, beefy, uh, beefy. He's got a wine business out here. Yeah, try and get him on. I mean, uh, the thing is, if we got him on, mm. the only possible tone to try and create is the same as. The one from the 1986 <laughs> open to question recording with Scottish kids. <laughs> I need to find that show. The role of the wife in. Hey, <laughs> uh, can you imagine both of them in this studio just sitting down? We're having a glass of Beefy's Best and oh, his wine ab- <laughs> and, and just having a chat. Yeah, I could imagine it. Lord Botham. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And Ian Chappell's in the room as well for some reason. Yep. Oh, totally. 
Lord Botham's skills and experience together with his market knowledge developed during his time spent in Australia throughout his career mm-hmm. will help us promote the exciting new opportunities for two-way trade and investment. Mate, I, now this, I don't think it's going to be controversial to you, but I think it will be to a lot of people because I think the chapels in Australia are very polarising people. Like I think anytime you do commentary, you become overexposed and people are like, I don't like that person's thoughts too much. But... <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just people's relationship to commentators. But I think any of the chapels would be a fucking great beer. A great schooner. Mm. Yep. You disagree with that? No. 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 Would you like me to? I'll, no, so, not really. I'm not yeah. sure what I was expecting. Yeah. I'm not sure what I was expecting. Trevor, especially. Yeah, well, he, he coached both our clubs. He did. Um, he did. He's he's very nice guy. Yeah. Uh Ian Chappell, in response to Botham's uh, announce, the announcement about Botham, said, I hope the Australian authorities don't believe everything he says. Mm. Botham's a very chilled-out entertainer. He is, for me. yeah. Yes, I punched the old copper. Yes, I smoked the old doobie. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, what I was hoping the chat would go with yeah. Botham. Because <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> um, okay. West Indies, Pakistan, second test. Real quick, Pakistan won that game by 100 and something runs, 109 runs, I want to say, something like that. Shaheen Afredi got six for. Uh, he took 10 for for the match. He's only 21 years old still. We saw him in Australia last summer. Was that last summer? No, two summers. No, that was two summers, two summers ago. Two summers ago because yeah. India won out here last summer. Yeah, he, I think. Doesn't, he doesn't play for India. He doesn't play for India. He plays for Pakistan. But I remember seeing him and I was just like, I, was, I didn't realize he was so young. But uh, left arm quick. Bowls at a good click himself. Um, Massive and people, jaw. People got people got big raps on him. Yeah, but this this Pakistan India series, uh, West sorry, this West Indies Pakistan series is actually really close because in the first Test match, West Indies won by a wicket. Kemar Roach getting the job done that and that uh, and that last wicket stand, and then this get this game here, hundred runs, hundred runs in a Test match is a close game. Yeah, yeah, I, I've good series one one. Can't say I know a shitload about it. No. Why would you come to this cricket podcast to get extra information? That's uh, <laughs> that you don't have. Well, speaking about, I've got Shaheen Sharafridi is good. What about the Caribbean Premier League? Yep. Oh yeah, I got heaps of points from that. Yeah. Tim David scored runs. He's big, six foot five. Get him in. <laughs> is, Chris, is Chris Green playing there? Probably. Probably. Mate. Probably. He goes around. Yeah. Get around the circuit. Yeah. Okay. I saw Chris Green in a picture with Sam Billings the other day. That Did makes, I see that? that makes, yeah. Yeah. There's some. There's a couple of roosters couple right there. A couple of roosters there. Fucking hell. A couple of roosters. Who would you have a beer with in the Sky commentary team? Oh, lot. Who wouldn't I have a beer yeah. with, I'd imagine? Who's your number one? Ian Ward? <laughs> oh, well, number one's fucking SK Warren, you know? I mean, nah, I'm never... going holding. Uh, I'd go holding. Yeah. Oh, whoa, Okay, whoa. what are the circumstances? What are the circumstances? Where are we? Okay, we're, we're, in, we're in London. Yeah. We're in London. Okay. And we're going to your... We're going to the slug and lettuce. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> no, we're going to the slug and lettuce. Just a, just a quaint English corner pub, and we're going for a lunch, an in afternoon London. in London. We're so going not in a, a village. No. Okay. We're in an afternoon. Is it raining? No, nah, village better. Village is better. We're in a better. We're, yeah, we're in a village. We're in, we're in the village. We're in yeah. a village. Yeah. There's a game of cricket being played on the village green. Oh yeah. The pub looks over the village. There's a Sunday roast. It's a, it's a Sunday. It's game. it's a it's a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. It's five o'clock, yeah. dappled lighting. Yeah. And you're sitting in a bar. Yeah. There's about four other people there. There's a dog in there. Yeah. And you have this person to yourself. This person to yourself. For how long? They've invited you. They've called you up. They said, come and have a beer. 
So if you're in a village, is there a chance of extending the circuit? No. It's a defined period of time. But you've got you've got until closing time, which is 11 p.m. Okay, and then it's over. Yeah, but you start there at 3.30. No, 4. I said 4. So you've got seven hours. The thing is, you're right to say holding. Because holding would be a really interesting conversation, and he'd also have stories yep. if he was open to telling stories. But I wonder if holding, with respect to him, is too dignified a person. To tell those stories. I mean, if you've got mm. Michael Holding and you want to have a meeting of minds and also discuss cricket, then you can. But would he – like, he'd have the range to talk about all this extra stuff. But let me give you devil's advocate here. Yep. He's had seven pints and it's only 7.30. So you've got some story time then. Well, low slips sink ships. <laughs> <laughs> Say that to Michael Oldie. That'll be a loose lip sink ships, and Mikey. <laughs> Gus Logie did what? Uh, yeah, you see, he offered me one chance to have a six hour drink with Shane Warne. Oh, mate, there's also Bumble, there's NASA, there's Ian Ward, there's Rob Key, Dinesh Kartik. Okay. Kumar Sankakara. Uh, Kuma, there's some yarns there too, I reckon. Yeah, be a couple of yarns there. Yeah, he's too, like it's hard to go past Warren, isn't it? But Warren would probably leave you at six thirty, heading to the big. Smoke. It's kind of like one of those, like, uh, he, you know, which headliner would you see at a, at a music festival oh, or something? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, it's hard to say no to certain bands if you've got the opportunity to see them, but you know that you might have a slightly better time talking to somebody else. Why do I get the feeling like if I spoke to Holly, though, it'd be a conversation? Whereas Warren, I'm just asking closed questions and he speaks the entire time. But that's also what you want. Yeah, or maybe after three or four hours, you're like, I got to go, mate. <laughs> <laughs> this game's looking pretty good. <laughs> mate, you just said that about an hour ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fucking hell. All right. Um, Let us know what you think. Okay, now. Hopefully, uh, one of these irons is going to be pulled out of the fire. Then we have the iron in our hand. Mm. Otherwise, mm. it gets melt. It, it, it gets melted. Um, but we need to thank Budgie Smuggler, our loyal uh, supporters of this podcast for years and years. Yeah. You can use the code CHAMP for free custom design. There's also, if you're watching this on YouTube right now, a couple of socks on the table right yeah. here. A couple of jazzy socks. We're not talking about socks today. We're talking about Father's Day. We can talk a little bit about, we can talk a little bit about socks as well. We can, we can link that into Father's Day. It's Father's Day in Australia. Yes. This uh, Sunday, want to say? Sunday. Yeah. You want to say that, but you're not going to. You're not going to. Yeah. So if you're if you're in for a gift, Budgie Smuggler, great way to support a great Australian business. Uh, God, you know, dad themes. If you want some custom design, That's Jesus, not really in my in my zone. What do you mean? We don't really do dad stuff here. Dad stuff, yeah. Well, it's just a bit awkward, yeah. frankly. <laughs> and I just respect my father. So, what are you doing for Father's Day this Saturday? Sunday, I mean. Um. Saturday. Well, I'll call my dad. My dad lives in Sydney. But you are a dad. Yes, that's right. Are you expecting a surprise? Any sort of accolades, present giving, support, text messages? Well, you put me on the spot. Well, not on the spot a little bit, but look. when it, My wife and I have different family values when it comes to gifts. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm not doing this. Okay. Very careful. Hmm. But like, okay, if you call your dad, if you call your dad on Father's Day, does he say, happy Father's Day to you too? 
Did he do that? Uh, I guess he does. I, it's a sort of thing. It's a sort of thing he'd say. So you you know that your ears going to be attuned to that, <laughs> mate. Because if know, he doesn't, well, I don't know about like, I don't know about you, but like in your head, are you still ten years old? Are you a child? Because I am. Um, I in what capacity? Just like that's sort of who you are, you know. Like, so what I'm saying. Anytime is like, you speak to your parents, mm. I feel like, yeah, I feel like you're always about ten to yeah. twelve. Like my dad is more of a dad than I am, although I'm a dad. Yeah, yeah, you know, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And is so that- for me, like Father's Day, I still it's still not in my head that like I I need the red carpet rolled out for me. Because you know how if you go back to like your childhood home or you see a teacher or you go to a place where you went to as a kid and you're like, oh, I always remember it being bigger than what it was. Yeah, of course. Is that because that's because your brain is trapped? Yes. at that age. Yeah. Is that exactly the same thing? Well, just I, I haven't really adjusted to like Father's Day as as a father. Sure. What, what was good, like when I was living in England for a while, I yeah. got a couple, of, like, and then moved home. There's a couple of Father's Days going on there because they're at different times. Of course, uh, in the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. I my wife with Mother's Day equivalent, like wanted to sort of celebrate both as well. Okay. She wanted a bit of, and then that was you know fair enough. Yeah. Uh, in the circumstances, but um, yeah, either for me Father's Day, no, it'd be good. You know, like it'd be great to um, it's always nice to give the like one of the greatest one of the Probably the greatest thing in the world for me is hugging my little boys. Mm-hmm. And so doing that on Father's Day is, uh, you know, would be extra special because it's a confected um, holiday yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. that sells cards. But um, <laughs> so that'll be great. But um, Do you send cards still? Me, personally. Yeah. Can't, say, can't say I do. The last card I sent, well, I can't, mate, that you've, yeah, look, you've really got me there. Because, look, I find cards, going to get cards for my birthday or for yeah. Christmas from yeah. my parents. They're yeah. obviously, like, living in a different city now and stuff. So it's like when I got one for my birthday this year, back yeah. in June, it was like I was a nice, like, little homely thing, especially yeah. being locked down and being away from people and stuff. So that was nice. But then it gets past, like, about a week, and now it's like, oh, I've got to get rid of that. Now, now it's a but then now it's a th- I'm so minimalist. Mm. Now it's like now it's a thing that I need to dispose of because it's clutter. But it's nice to receive them. You know, the, the other day... Sure. We talk about like trying to entertain three year olds in twenty first century. The other yeah, day, my, yeah. my, like, my three year olds into um, Octonauts at the moment. That's What's just that? obsessed. It's a TV show, right? Um, doesn't get heaps of screen time, but when he does, <laughs> he fucking uses it I on the one thing. He's obsessed with Octonauts. Every morning you wake up and yeah. he assigns you a character, yeah, and he's the same character. He's Quasi, okay, right? right. He's a cat. Why is he Quasi? Uh, as far as I can glean, Quasi is like adventurous and a little bit of a like. Like there's a captain and then Quasi is sort of his offsider who carries on a little bit and gets involved in a few scraps and stuff. So I'll watch that and, I'll, and then I'll go back to my phone. <laughs> but um, got no, no idea what this sh- show's about. Shane Freddy's on. <laughs> yeah, it's right. And um, yeah. and then so and like my wife's very thoughtful and she the other day she um posted into the letterbox a letter to my son Ted okay. and it was from Quasi oh, and right, uh, nice. addressed to Ted because Ted will let you know when he's being Ted and when he's being Quasi. Got it. And it was like and she she um. It was a picture of Quasi on the letter, and then like she wrote, just saying, "Oh, hi, Ted. It's Quasi, your friend." Um, and just all these lovely things about how they're going to hang out together in the summer and whatever. And like my my boy thought it's the best thing he's ever received in his life. Oh, and he's yeah. received a few. Th- he just he like we went to the park. He like put it in the pram. Like he just wants to take it with him everywhere he goes because oh, it's a letter from Quasi. Nice. The point being that like uh, cards receiving cards is fantastic. Not that Budgie Smuggler offers any cards. <laughs> <laughs> you guys like cards? No, not, not really. No, not really. There's swimmers and like paraphernalia. But I'm sure you can put a note on it. Socks. You know? 
Uh, yeah, you can custom design them. It's the same thing, you know. Like my son is a three-year-old, you know, creating fantasy worlds. That like child, children do that. They create yeah, uh, that. They, yeah. they, they um they create worlds for themselves at that age. Great cricketers do that. Yeah, you know what I mean. All the time, mate. I just can't. I was watching. Um, <laughs> I was watching fucking um, <laughs> village cricket on YouTube. <laughs> nice. And I oh, was just, the guy who's doing a GoPro of that shit at the moment yeah, as well. Yeah, mate, ah. there's, there's heaps of stuff going around. Anyway, I'll talk about that another time yeah. in a business meeting. But <laughs> how can we monetize this? <laughs> That's right. Is there CPM in that? Anyway, I um, I was just looking at these guys like competing on a Saturday. And there is something like much more genteel about club cricket in the UK. Yes. But still, there's still people like trying to compete and be the best. And I could, you can tell when guys come to the crease and like their identity is cricket. But then I was like, the, the the camera like panned to like people who were just like um, watching and it was like a mother with like two kids and she was playing and it was like, that's that's what's actually happening in this um, park. Yeah. It's people just being outside, a mother being supportive of her um, mm. partner with the kids, you know, it's just nice to meet. And I was like, mm. but in your mind- in your There's always much more going on in those stories <laughs> as well, having been there. <laughs> It's not just fucking no, happy course. families and oh, yeah, all supporting yeah. up the park. It's all being remembered. <laughs> <laughs> Scored up. Another Saturday, is it, John? That's, mm, right. that's interesting. He's out batting. I better stay in here. Yeah. But do you enjoy it? That's a question. That's a question. I, at the very end of my career, I was in a relationship and it was like I had so many other things going on in my life and I was probably neglecting my relationship at the yeah. time because I was playing cricket and that was because that was part of my identity i was you know I, that's that's what i did during the summer on saturdays go to the cricket right like, a, it, uh, and like be, a reflex and then it'd be exactly summer starts get a bit hot hazy bushfires mm. are on get the whites on that's right um and it just got to a point where it just started getting challenged a bit just like but are you enjoying it and i was like that because like because the answer to that question was no i wasn't really and that's why i stopped playing but like just the being um challenged in that way mm. like do you enjoy it? it's like don't fucking tell me what I don't don't enjoy. Mate, Even though you're right, this is it, my thing. Isn't enjoyment, like enjoying cricket, one of the most, like when you play for long enough, you just sort of bristle at how facile the word is, like as yeah. in like enjoy. Like what the fuck does enjoy mean? <laughs> I've never who enjoyed enjoys, it. Who enjoys anything? <laughs> yeah. You know, like what is – it's such a like a – a basic word. It's like yeah. th th this relationship is not about enjoyment. No, 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 you, no. You, and like – it's hard to know who's right there, whether you've so deviated off like the truth of life and yeah. keeping things simple. The person who's on the outside is like, well, no, it's a game. You either yeah. enjoy it or you don't, like yeah. any other game. Yeah. And you're like, this is – no, I'm in a different plane with this. Mm. And when maybe when you discover that, you're like, perhaps I do need to stop. Perhaps <laughs> I – perhaps this is yeah. this is counterproductive for my health. Yeah. Is cricket good for your health? But uh, we, were talking the, we were talking the other day. No, it's not. Famously not. We were talking the other day about like who enjoys the cricket, like who enjoys playing cricket. Who I look, enjoys? I look at the Australian team, like they don't enjoy it. They just do it because they're the best at it. I look at like <sighs> Rishabh Pant, wicketkeeping from India, and I was like, he's having a great time. Does I don't think he knows he, what's going on, but that's a separate thing. I actually wouldn't mind putting a question out, like to the like who Let's who do here it. literally <laughs> who enjoys <laughs> cricket, like, as in yeah, as yeah. in whose experience of it from yeah. the moment they. Think about the game the night before, let's say, or wakes up in the morning to the moment they get home and have their mm -hmm. have a tub or maybe a tub at the sheds, whatever it dub, is. Have a tub. Have a tub. <laughs> who who in, enjoys all of that or pro, like essentially enjoys it in the way that you would like? 
I enjoyed going to the movies. Yeah. The movie wasn't that good or whatever because I didn't play it, but I enjoyed the whole thing. It's like, yeah, yeah I, I know I'm going to enjoy that. I like the whole experience of the movies. Mate, I look like, at it. Who, who enjoys cricket just really base level? Like, mate, that was great. I had, I had fun the whole time. I look at a kit in my, like, living room sitting in the hallway. I'm like, trauma immediately. You get into a car oath. and yeah. it's been it's been just uh, dripping in sweat yes. from summer's gone past. Yeah. The anxiety attached to that. I open up the kit and it's Smells of like sort of used leather, dry sweat, dry sweat, yeah, beers, Bit leather, yeah, yeah, a little bit of buffalo grass <laughs> stains, yeah, why are these couple pants of dull stains, yeah, uh, yeah, and th- none of that's enjoyable, yeah. Turn up to a ground, anxiety straight away. That guy's big, mate. I bet he bowls quick. He's gonna hurt me. I'm gonna fail today. Step out of the car in my thirties after a hard week at work. I'm anxious. <laughs> Why do I do this to myself? This is this is okay, leisure. It's hear, a leisure activity for me. Fucking hear the sound of the rubber wheel yeah. rolling over gravel. <laughs> yeah. Some bloke that you don't know is trying to have an exchange with you that yeah. is wrapped up in intimidation and yeah. fear. Yeah. And you're just walking into the sheds. Yeah. Not even playing yet. <laughs> Wherever so many things to calculate all the time. Oh, Tom Tom Morris's kits in my room at the in my <laughs> He lent it to me when I had a net with hats of glue. Yeah. Even Tori's traumatised. Tori's like, when are you getting rid of that? Yeah. Like, she knows. It's a bad that, omen. She knows. There's plenty of yeah. space for it. Yeah. She knows that that's, yeah, it's a bad omen. <laughs> Budgiesmuggler.com. <laughs> and Manscaped. Father's Day. That's like, those cupcakes are a bit shorter. Yeah. Well, support for today's episode comes from Manscaped. <sighs> Father's Day's just around the corner. Probably need a gift for a hairy dad. A hairy dad. dad. A hairy dad. Reminds me I of can that, grow a beard and my brother can't. Reminds me of that TV show, um, The Hairy Bikers. You ever watch that show? Nah, I didn't. What's it about? Um, just a couple of bikers. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> no, you only a, get in if you're hairy. <laughs> no, it's a cooking show, these two blokes. Ah, right. They, oh, they, they okay. film once in my club in the UK. Mate, oh, on the weekend. Here we go. Uh, on Friday night, actually. Okay. Some people will be familiar with this guy. Um, my, my family on my dad's side, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. big Catholic family, uh, there was a text message from my uncle saying, um, uh, Zoom cooking competition. <laughs> yeah. Zoom cooking competition. Okay. Uh, nieces and nephews were, invi- were invited to watch. To on, watch? On Zoom. Zoom cooking competition. Between like my uncles and my dad and their partners okay. and stuff. And hosted wh- by yeah. uh, Colin Fastenage. <laughs> so I'm like uh, My Kitchen Rules and shit. What's he doing there? He's a mate of my uncle's. Okay. Irish guy. Right. Like he's a TV chef. Yeah. And uh, that knows his family. He's got a bit of time in the afternoon. Jump on Zoom. In the evening. Uh, and uh, I watched my uh, like my my family compete. And it was like, and people were like unironically competing, getting things wrong. Holy there was shit. arguments. It was great. Wow. Yeah. I had it on a TV. I um, oh, see so you linked it up to the TV. I linked it up to the nice, TV. Nice. Yeah. Uh, That's incredible. How was it? Who won? It. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What I, what I, I don't know. But uh, there was arguments and it was good. Yeah. Okay. Um. Colin's a hairy guy, uh, so maybe he manscapes. Um, <laughs> man, he goes, Manscapes the only men's brand dedicated to below the waist grooming, and their brand new shaving tools just dropped right in time for Father's Day. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is 4.0. now available in USA and Canada. <laughs> hey, great news! That's fucking great news for the listeners. Ah, people, people on YouTube means uh, big Canada, Canadian and US audience. To be fair, that's true. That's true. Um, so, so the other thing I want to say, because we've said a lot about the lawnmower, but it's waterproof. 
Yeah. Uh, it's waterproof. You can shave in the shower. We've said that as well. Yeah. Um, your, your dad probably doesn't do it like this. I don't think you know, men well, we spoke uh, about this different generations. About using scissors. Yeah. Oh. I, don't, I don't think they trim it in the showers. And I don't know. I mean, you might want to raise that with your dad. So dad, on, how do you trim your pubes? Yeah. On the card that you're going to send him. Mm. Thought you could use this, you hairy bastard. <laughs> bastard, 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 bastard. Don't speak to me like that, son. You get 20% off free shipping with the code TGC at manscaped.com. Perfect package for you and your dad's perfect package. Yeah, I'm sure you'll love thinking about your dad's package. <laughs> well, you should be. Or maybe get it for one of your mates who's a father. Yeah. You get your friend's Father's Day presents. I think that's a nice gesture. Yeah, so do I. If their birthday's on the same day. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, don't. that's just weird. Nice gesture, though. Gesture. Use the code TGC for 20% off. Manscaped.com. Hashtag ask TGC. Tao Lock writes in, Hey, Higgy Lad and Pezzy Smalls. I'm a 31-year-old who is, for the 30th time since my retirement from Parkies Cricket five years ago, considering returning to cricket to satisfy my, my masochist cravings. Yes. My greatest claim to fame is I play with Glenn Maxwell when he had shit teeth. Mm. And my club once bought me a car and paid me $8,000 per season to continue taking a couple of poles on average per game over a six-year period. What the fuck? Why the fuck they did this still baffles me, and I live with imposter syndrome to this day. Again, I only mention these facts to prop up my faltering and fragile self-confidence. I also average 20-odd 20 odd as a hard-hitting lower-order batsman, 11.3. I also was considered rare and never fitted into the culture of tubbing, reciting sexual conquests during morning laps on match day, or spending nights out uh, at an outer suburban dimly lit shed when at any moment you could be bailed up by multiple 50-year-olds reciting their glory years of bowling 130 clicks in the 70s, all while thinking, I'm too good to be speaking to this nobody. Can't you see I'm wearing my representative shorts? As you can probably tell, I have both the ego of Chris Gale after shelving a goog, goog, and the crippling self-doubt of Ian Bell at an end-of-year school formal. I don't know what that word is. I apologise. A googie egg? Dropping an egg? After shelving a goog. Yeah, I don't know. Considering cricket's role in my cognitive and emotional dissonance, why can't I quit thinking about recommencing something that really brought me nothing in the form of meaningful relationships friendships, and or experiences. I just want to work hard, speak out the side of my mouth, and sledge people with sentences I would never dream about saying in any real-world context. If you don't read this out on the show, some kit for my next cricket escapade would be appreciated. Tao. We don't have any kit, do we? No. Uh, I've got Tom Morris's kit. <laughs> I mean, I got see... Uh, there's a Tao lock on LinkedIn... Okay. He's a social worker at New South Wales Health. And so I'm thinking that the skills of a social worker require a lot of like uh, empathy, uh, understanding, diplomacy, patience, uh, ability to understand some of the systems and environments that contribute to the behaviour of a person who requires social support yeah. or, the, um, or the communities that they work in. Or that, that they live in. And so I can understand why as a yang to that yin, Tao, if this is him, as he answers his own question, he just wants to work on a sa- after half Monday to Friday doing that. 
He then on Saturday wants to work hard, speak out the side of his mouth and sledge people with sentences he would never dream about saying in any real world context. So presumably that's the social work context. Right. Uh so he sort of answers his own question. I mean, this is why he wants to do it. It's, it's a good it's a good follow up to us saying who enjoys the game. Like he's <laughs> yeah, saying, like I don't I don't enjoy it. It's masochist. It's it's masochism. Yeah, I want to hurt myself. I want to sledge people. It's a it's a kink. Cricket's a kink. But when you think about, I also did the same thing with like Tal Lock looking up my cricket cricket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Glenn Maxwell, my yeah, cricket, yeah, Tal yeah. talking search terms. But like you, you can imagine the social capital that Tal would have used over the years yes. when he's being paid. $8,000 for six years. Yeah. So he's got 48000 Australian dollars from playing club cricket yes. where he took a few wickets, average 11 with the bat, whatever. Like that, like the social capital that you get with that. Imagine, imagine how many people who were told. And therefore, at that stage in his life, he would have felt like he was doing something. He would have felt like he was doing something in his life which was enviable that other people wanted. Yep. Which is the same way of saying that same thing. Yes. <laughs> but it still had nice rhythm. Thanks. And so I can imagine why he wanted to reclaim his glory years because maybe he's in between jobs at the moment. Mm. I don't know. Maybe something hasn't gone quite as well as what he wanted. Maybe he's feeling something because we're all in lockdown. And so he's thinking about days of glory, days of old, the days of yore. The days of yore. And so he wants to play cricket again because that was a thing that he could tell people that he was doing and he was Mm. good at. He was obviously good enough to be paying eight grand a year. Fucking hell, not bad. And a car. And a car. Maybe he hasn't got a car anymore. Ever since that drink driving charge. He must have played with Maxwell in one of these fucking lower level Victorian comps again. That just says just teeming with money. Maybe but Maxwell wouldn't have played that. Must yeah, that no Premier Victorian cricket, right? no Victorian kids when they come through, they play they often play like sub districts okay. from the club that they were um like they played juniors at. Right, right, right. Until they then go and play Premier Cricket. Okay. It's not as much okay. of a like a Vintage. straight pathway. Right. Yeah. Right. You don't you don't skip it. Okay. Yeah, you're like you're there, there's a big connection. So he must have been playing in one of these comps. And just stayed at that club and getting paid 8K. Yeah, and just just money. And I know first graders like in Sydney in the early 2000s who like took hundreds of wickets and not didn't get paid a cent mm. back in my day. I know this was when I was playing. There was a guy not at my club, but he was playing first grade and was on 20 grand. Mm. And he wasn't he wasn't state contracted. Mm. That's, that's yeah, it was a bit of money, 20 yeah. grand. Yeah. Mate, oh, there's more... I reckon it's more than that. I reckon playing non-premier cricket and getting a car and eight grand. Yeah, you barely play fours. Well, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> I've just never been able to figure out the the ROI on this. And Glenn that's Maxwell would have spent twenty k on his chompers. <laughs> Speaking of teeth, dusted a few chompers. I don't mean that that his was so bad or anything. I just that players just love they love chomp stuff. It's a new thing though. You see this all the mm. time, with like premier status League managers, for instance. Yeah, get your teeth fixed up. You may as well, I guess, if you can. Good if you can get it. Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so. Around where you live, there's a lot of chomper yeah. dusting places. Yeah, a lot of chomper dusting places. Or dentistries. Ortho- yeah. But hey, you, you, guys, uh, you guys dusting any chompers around here? They're not dentistries, though. They're like teeth whitening places. They're like they're, oh, are they? they're cosmetic. They're cosmetic, te- cosmetic. Cosmetic work on your teeth. But what's that? What? Like if dentistry you, if you, But if you work at that place, what are you? You're not an orthodontist. You're not a dentist. Uh, you're, a, you're a Cosmetic surgeon? No, I, I'd imagine you're a dentist, but it's you're a, a teeth duster. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a cosmetic surgeon or like cosmetic. Uh, so doctor. you can work, you can work in cosmetic surgery, and you specify in the facial, or the the oral hygiene region. Yes, that's that'd a thing. Be it. That's a yeah, thing. That'd be it. Yeah. If you are an oral hygienist, yes, let us know if you enjoy playing cricket, <laughs> <laughs> working your seventy hour weeks there, dusting chompers, 
they can people feel good about themselves. I'm sure they're all, all, the, all, the, all the Victorian boys get their their, their chompers dusted downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to find as many ways to say. <laughs> That's where he gets his chompers dusted. <laughs> so the origin of that was when Marcus Harris came to the studio that time. He said something like, what, what, what "He got his chompers dusted down there." Yeah. And what he didn't, but he's like, nah, no, no, I, think, I think a few of the boys got, t- got their yeah. dusters chopped around here. Yeah. <laughs> their dusters chopped. <laughs> chopped. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, well, it's true. There's like three or four fucking shops. All right, well, don't fucking tell the people where. <laughs> where do people, if people are searching now, where yeah. do you get your chompers dusted? Where does the Victorian cricket team get their yeah. chompers dusted? <laughs> I'm going to type that in. Let's uh. see what comes up. <laughs> Tony Jones will come up. <laughs> Where does the Victorian cricket team get their chompers dusted? What's the first one? What about I'm feeling lucky? The first one is the first one is a YouTube link. Chris Rogers on the 2021-22 Victorian cricket team's men's. uh, Uh, Just a whole uh, bunch of stuff about um, Victorian cricket team. All right. Sorry, that was footy and stuff. Yeah. One more or are we done? Let's just do one more. Kalen Danji, Dadji, pardon me. Kalen, uh, uh, he starts, is New Zealand the Leicester city of cricket? <laughs> so I am a loyal and passionate Kiwi fan who thought nothing would heal my soul from the torture inflicted by Ben Stokes and ridiculous ICC rules in 2019. Mm. However, watching Kyle Big Rig Jamison nick off coach a couple of times definitely helped heal some scars. While feeling safe in Kane Williamson's arms after that win in June, I was flabbergasted to see the release of the next World Test Championship schedule, showing New Zealand plays five or six two-match series and home games against Bangladesh, South Africa and Sri Lanka. While I can appreciate that New Zealand once deserved this level of competition, I have lived through us, and yes, I said us, literally becoming the best team in the world, never mind the Asian century. So why is it that once again on Boxing Day, I will witness Henry Nichols getting dropped for the third time by Angelo Matthews at first slip, <laughs> and Neil Wagner bumping out some poor kid whose only idea of bounces to date are his dad on one knee in the nets? <laughs> While I love watching New Zealand thrash teams till they question why they play the game, as any good great cricketer does, I would appreciate some real high-level cricket over summer so these test matches don't become the time filler before the Ashes starts on the other channel. (laughs) So there brings my questions. One, as we lack respect from some of the so-called big three and data at the ICC, do we need to bring in Jamie Vardy as a specialist advisor, special advisor to help us prove that we deserve to play meaningful series against big six? <laughs> Two, when will Australia, who may be having an experience similar to the Manchester United David Moyes era, start giving us some respect? Or I have to wait another six or seven years before they make the three-hour flight across the Tasman. <laughs> they really can't use we smashed you last time as an excuse, considering the All Blacks have tolerated the Wallaby shithousery for over <laughs> 19 years now. P.S. I can't help but laugh while seeing Australia lose frequently over the over the past year. However, this may be due to a lingering saltiness from seeing them dominate New Zealand throughout my formative years with scenes like Mitchell Johnson headbutting Scott Styrus while Brad Haddon chirps in the background etched deep into my memory. Love the show, guys. Never fails to put a smile on my face. Keep up the good work. Chur, Kalen. Nice one, Kalen. Um, I think that the, a big part of this with New Zealand is that their best player, one of the best players in this generation, the, probably the greatest ever New Zealand cricketer, Kane Williamson, uh, would he be the best ever? Would he? Would Cummins be the best ever New Zealand cricketer? He's in the conversation at least. He, he'd be close. Yeah, 
Vittori. I, I reckon when his when his career finishes, it will be good shout. Just at the moment, good shout. Going now, I think the problem with that is that if he was like this big outspoken Richard out- Hadley, Hadley, yeah, Hadley, he's fucking knighted, isn't he? Yeah. Hadley's probably better. And see, yeah. I never saw Hadley play. But, but so. no New Zealand team has achieved what Kane has. Exactly. And that's a big part but of it. But they like, never had the chance to because the World Test Championship didn't exist. That's true. Mm. That's true. That's true. Anyway. Um, but if I if Morley won more World Cups, I would have felt like he would have elevated above Warren, for instance. Is cricket like, how, you know, how many trophies he got? I think, I think there was a little bit like that. I think mm. it is a bit. I think mm. that because of the monopoly that three teams have, Unless you play in with the, one of those three teams, mm. therefore you play in big series, mm. then it's it's harder to be recognised. So, for instance, like Jacques Caller statistically is is the greatest cricketer mm. of all time, right? Yeah. But like, where does he fit in? He just fits in as like a generational great. Mm. I feel like Callis fits in among those who sort of get cricket where he deserves to fit in, as in highly, highly respected. You know, like as, yeah. about as high as you can. He, yeah. he just is the rung below. Sobers, I reckon. Yeah, but what did he win? Uh, yeah, well, I, I don't. A couple yeah. of series. Yeah. And that's that's all you can get. Yeah. That's all you can get. Anyway, so my point being with Kane Williamson is I feel like he was very outspoken, like alpha, um, more recognised in that sense, off the field stuff. He needs stuff. some PR. Then I feel like the New Zealand team might start getting maybe 10% more respect. Now, what that might seem like a sledge, it's not, because part of the – New Zealand team's greatness is that they put aside all the bullshit mm. and they're the only team that have beaten India. They've beaten them twice now mm. in the last couple of years. Um, they actually go They actually go to India next year, I'm pretty sure. They go away. So that's um, that'd be cool. But um, I feel like that's part of it. They need like a yeah, more PR around it mm. to be respected. No, it's, it's not a respect thing. It's not a respect thing. But he's asking, like, why do we get any good series? Well, that's a problem. That, I mean, that that is shit. They're the best team in the world, and they're going to play Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, whatever. It's that's The fact that Australia – I don't even know when Australia goes there to play tests again, but that's not good enough because I think that would be a great series. And you'd think that New Zealand would actually probably win. When will Australia start giving us some respect? Yeah, I mean that's, – That's a cultural question, that one. Yeah. Oh, you, you're nice guys, you know. And that's the worst thing you want us to say about you. Yeah. Like, I mean, the the hard answer is that if you beat us here, that's it. That's actually the entirety of Australia's respect for any nation, really. Beat us when it here. Comes to group. Be- beat us here in the last three to five years, good to go. You're good to go. Uh, England beat us here 10 years ago. That's that's history. Doesn't matter. Good point. Um, good point. So, so, by extension, we will never respect you because we won't permit you to play against us. Uh, hey, that, that's a that's a great point. And you think like if in New Zealand's history, when would they have had a better chance than to beat this Australian team than when they came out here three two years ago? I think they have beaten us in the eighties with Hadley and with stuff. Hadley? Out, with Hadley, no, out they won. Here. They won at Boxing Day, I think. Oh right. No, that was the that was when Mike Whitney blocked out the last over. That was Boxing Day. Oh, I can't remember. I thought that because we were fucking. No, they won. They won a Test match. I don't think they won the series though. We were pu- we were pump. Yeah, we were pump. We were pump in the eighties. But you think about. New Zealand have since gone on. And I know in that series they were missing a whole host of players, especially by the time we got to that last game. Colin was open the bowling. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think Kane even played that last game. But he had a, he had a poor series. But that was that was a great opportunity for um, for New Zealand to win. Mm. And it was 3-0 and it wasn't close at any point. 
Trans Tasman Trophy, New Zealand in Australia, 85 86. They won. They won. They won 2 1. Okay. Apologies. Yeah. Apologies, Kiwis. And then Australia went back there, Australia, New Zealand, and New Zealand won again. Really? So New Zealand, yeah. They were, they, were good, they were good in the 80s. Yeah, okay, fair. Fair play. That's that's something I did not know because I don't respect it. Then the next one time they came out in 89-90, they drew it. Nil-nil. All right. I think that was a one test. But what have they done for me lately? Yeah, so I don't know, New Zealand. Good stuff, I guess, but no, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> With respect. So harsh. Um, all right. Thank you very much for those tuning in. Fourth test match starts, live stream, patreon.com, all that sort of gear. You know, you know the deal by now. Uh, we'll see you right here on the Great Cricket Podcast next week. Cheers.